Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I mean, obviously he's better than Foles. Foles is worse than Mitch, so. Um, I, I Danny put Wentz, Jones? Danny Dimes? I, I don't know. I put him above Haskins. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello there. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. It's the first look edition for week 13. Last week of the fantasy playoff or fantasy regular season before we get into the playoffs, but we're not here to talk about that. We're talking DFS and I'm Dave Lachran with me as always, Ben Rossa, the Jack of all trades, hit him up on Twitter at jazz DFS Sal Vetri as well at Sal Vetri DFS on the Twitter machine, Sal Vetri DFS on the YouTubes and myself at Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D Ben, we're coming off of a wild week in football postponements moved to Tuesday moved to Wednesday pushed back another week crazy nonsense going on around the league late COVID-19 positives that blow up entire offenses and here we are once again in week 13 with a postponed Washington Pittsburgh game and another 11 game slate with a lot of moving pieces early in the week so you know early in the year we had a couple situations but the nfl was able to use the bye weeks as cushions now everyone's had their bye week and it doesn't work like that so the domino effect of the steelers playing you know me and sal were talking before the show about this the steelers play on wednesday obviously they can't play on sunday so then you got to move that game there's just such a domino effect makes it tough it's unfortunate but they are still playing football and that's a win that's right sal what's going on brother how was your thanksgiving yeah, not bad. The Thanksgiving was good. I had uh, some of the uh, sausage stuff in that Lofty recommended, and it was a, a damn good time. Traveling back in the airport yesterday or two days ago, yeah, on Sunday, um, it was it was actually kind of not surreal, but a pretty cool experience. They had like uh, the Chiefs game on in Tampa Bay, and there's probably like six dudes at all different tables in the airport with like FanDuel or DraftKings open, and we just kept watching Tyreek Hill score touchdowns. There's like three people that were cheering. It was a great time. It was remarkable. For almost 43 fantasy points in the first quarter alone. I mean, he had more receiving yards than a lot of quarterbacks had passing yards. I, I don't I don't know what Carson Wentz finished with, but I can almost assure you that uh, he did not individually eclipse Tyreek Hill. I just have utter contempt for the man at this point. Thank God we get to just load up on uh, Green Bay Packers this week. Maybe we won't. I don't know. 
Philly's defense actually hasn't looked bad. They just wear down late in games because they're on the field for 59 of 60 minutes. But that's okay. We're here to talk about a little bit more than that, going position by position for the first look show. And we're happy to have you guys with us as always. Hope all of you guys had a great holiday as well, if I forgot to mention it yesterday. Christmas only 25 days away. We're going to have a Christmas Day game, and we're going to have five Christmas NBA games. So equally exciting stuff coming up down the pike, and we'll certainly have content for all of that. But hey, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. And if you like what we do here, you want to help support us, you think we've helped you along the way, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get the 50K by the end of the year. It's going to be tough, but we're making a push. And uh, well, we can only get there with your help. So Let's get started. All right, Ben, quarterback position. We've got, well, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson at the top. We'll get to the Will Fuller news briefly. For those of you that missed that, he's suspended, going to miss the rest of the season for a PED abuse. I don't know if I really want to go to anyone up here in the top echelon above that 7K range. What says you? So we got most of the big, big time names. We don't have Mahomes, but other than that, a lot of those guys, some mobile, you know, Kyler, even though he hasn't been running, I, I don't love the matchups though. And, you know, I'll, I'll bring it down. You, you mentioned Philly, you got the Patriots, which is not bad for Herbert, but Colts for, for Deshaun Watson, not that easy. Certainly the Rams can get after Kyler. The Giants defense, I've been, I've been impressed with them all year. I really think they're better than people realize. Now, obviously Russ still has the advantage. He's got his weapons and he's at home in a big spread, but I'm with you. Last week we talked on this show and it will, it was very obvious. I thought that Mahomes, like many, was in a fantastic spot. I tried to really pay up at quarterback. This week, it's a little flatter. I see guys up and down the price range. So if I had to pick one of the three, I would actually just go to the top with Russell Wilson. But it's not going to be a week where I just jam up top. Yeah, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes was one spot where I did. I, I'm with you. And same with Tyreek Hill. Where yeah. I didn't, you, you even said it on Sunday, and I thought it was, we didn't even spend that much time on the game because it was just, it was, concise and well-stated. Hey, you don't need to overthink this. This is a spot that if you're not getting to these guys, you're likely doing something wrong. And if it doesn't go right, you still did something right because Patrick Mahomes and Tyree kill in that spot. No one expected 60 fantasy points, but an absolute blow up performance was in the cards for someone that is the most explosive receiver in football. Sal at the top, are you interested in Watson or Murray or Russell Wilson? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I like the top end of this this week. And Watson's going to be very interesting this week to see how many people ownership-wise are going to steer away because Will Fuller not being out there. Like the price point coming in at 7500 not the most expensive guy. Like him a lot. The way he's been playing the last six weeks is maybe the best in football right behind Patrick Mahomes up there. Uh, it's tough because this team went from being one of the deepest uh, wide receiver groups too. They cut Kenny Stills. He's right now as a, I know this, they could potentially resign to be cleared waivers. Uh, Randall Cobb's on IR, no Will Fuller. It's Brandon Cooks. It's Kiki Kute in the slot. And then I think they're probably going to put Coulter, who's an undersized rookie that doesn't have much speed. So nowhere near Will Fuller on the outside. My guess is they go, at least for this week, if they don't resign Stills to more two heavy uh, tight end sets, David Johnson might come back, but you have two decent tight ends, good tight ends in Atkins and Fells. I think that he could succeed with that. So if Watson's ownership doesn't come in, I think at $7,500, he would be the guy that I want to get to the most, which probably is not where many people want to go right now. In the 6K range, the upper 6K range, Ben, uh, I, I can't help but want to get to Aaron Rodgers here. And Look, again, I could make the argument that, that the Philadelphia defense has played well lately. They have. You know, I'm not going to blame it on Darius Slay and single coverage not being able to slow down DK Metcalf. He's unbelievably dominant 
virtually unstoppable. Sure, you could talk about Jalen Ramsey, but for the most part, he's gone up against good corners. Uh, Gilmore, I think Trey White, he had another 100-yard game against. So I'm willing to throw that out the window. They did a great job. Their problem is they wear down late in games. Again, they wear down late in games because their defense is always on the field. Aaron Rodgers uh, has thrown multiple touchdowns in all but one start all season long. He has three-plus touchdowns in seven of 11 games, and he has four touchdown passes in five games this season. I don't know why he's not around the same price as guys like Kyler Murray and Watson. I understand they have rushing upside, but assuming this Pittsburgh or Green Bay defense uh, continues to play well at Lambeau Field, and I assume they will, Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers specifically is going to have as much time as he needs to, to do whatever he wants. And the last thing I'll say here before I turn it over to you if you've watched any Green Bay football lately, Sal, you're a Green Bay fan. The amount of touchdown passes that are coming from goal-to-go situations that are coming inside the five, six-yard line, it's remarkable. And it leads almost you know, one-to-one with why Aaron Jones has struggled so much to, uh, to, to punch it in since week like seven. I think he has one touchdown. So uh, they're pretty much throwing from anywhere, even if they're a couple yards out. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers' 6,800 is a phenomenal play this week and has been pretty much unstoppable. Where are you going in the 6K range, Ben? Yeah, yeah I mean, just to speak to Rodgers. He had one, you know, against Tampa, obviously couldn't get it going. You, you throw that game out, he's pretty much gotten you there each and every week. Certainly in a cash setting, I think this is my cash quarterback. Uh, the floor is fantastic. But it's a little tougher with him in stacks only because there's not as many options. Like you absolutely have to play Devonte Adams. I think if you play Aaron Rodgers, he's legitimately tied to him. And so leveraging can be a slight issue. It's nothing to say, Oh, I'm going to avoid him for that reason. Weather is another thing that I have no idea what it could be, but we have to keep an eye. It is green Bay in December. Uh, but if all those things are, you know, look good, it's hard to make a case despite Philly really playing hard on, on defense that Rodgers doesn't have the advantage. So I'd look to him. Other than that, you know, you've got Tannehill, you've got Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to tell anyone I don't, I don't get it. They're kind of just neutral options for me. If I fall in that range, I fall in that range. I'll probably try to get the money and get up to Rodgers or, or Herbert though. Sal, Robert Tunyon has scored the fourth most fantasy points at tight end this season. Uh, Alan Lazard certainly looked better last week. What are you doing with Aaron Rodgers and the guys priced around him? Yeah, I, I like it a lot right now on paper. So you do have Adams still. And yeah, Adams is basically an extension of the run in the red zone at this point for the Packers. But I think you're slowly starting to get more options. It was basically Adams single stack it. And maybe you, you pray that MVS catches a big pass or a touchdown. What Lazard back, this was like his first full week. They kind of took the training wheels off from his core muscle injury. Saw six targets, found the end zone. He looked pretty good out there. Robert Tonyan has been coming on as well. There's sort of a two or three week lull when Adams came back that they didn't really know how to use him. He was blocking a little bit more. These past two weeks, he's running a lot more routes than he was for the previous month with Adams back. So I think that's a spot where you're, I'm going to be getting to. The one concern is we've seen this for about three, maybe four years now, at least uh, looking at the Packers. When Rodgers faces pressure, that's the concern, as it is with many quarterbacks. He's only had to face pressure like once this year. He has a great offensive line, and that was against the Bucks, fell apart a couple times last year against the 49ers in some games, faced pressure, fell apart. So uh, Philadelphia can bring pressure. That would be my only concern here, that this thing can get really blown up if a lot of ownership goes towards it. But at 6K, he stands out. After that, I'm really not interested in much here. Fitzpatrick, if he starts over two at this point, trying to make for a playoff spot, looks nice with a team total above 26 at this point. And you know that they're stacking options with Gusecki and Preston, or not Preston Williams, Devontae Parker there. Other than that, not much. Kirk Cousins would be a, a very contrarian option at a priced up uh, 6,400 with a 31 implied team total. 
What about Ryan Tannehill, Ben? I know it's not a guy that we generally look to all that much, but this game right now has a pretty monster implied to our over under at sitting at uh 54 point total it actually opened at 52. It's up to 54 and Tennessee has an implied total. If you look at all of the teams on this slate, uh, it is the highest of any team going on this slate right now. Derek Henry's up to 9,200. So does Ryan Tannehill make for a decent lower priced pivot and potentially lower owned pivot in that low six K range to you? Uh, because I'm with Sal. I don't see a whole lot in this 6K range, but I might be willing to look to some Ryan Tannehill. Once in a while, he has himself a game. Yeah, it would be ownership permitting. Uh, I'm not going to allocate a ton to a guy like that. And it's not him. It's more that they have abilities to control the game on the ground, and that's what they want to do. So I'll just look at his recent games. Against the Bears, he threw 21 passes. Against the Colts last week, he threw 22 passes. You're going to have a lot of quarterbacks on the slate that throw double that. Uh, you need him to push for 30 or more attempts. He's done that in a couple games, and we've seen the results against Houston in week six, 41 passing attempts. That was basically, you know, that was his best game of the year. It's not a coincidence. So if you think that Cleveland can keep pace or get the lead, I definitely don't mind Tannehill. It's more just how do you think that game going? I'll take a showdown mentality and try to predict the script. We've seen some strange games, though, where you would think that they would do everything they can to control the pat the, the, the game on the ground. And then Tannehill comes in again, goal to go situations and throws two touchdowns to, to Johnny Smith and, and one to Corey Davis. So I'm with you in that. That's what I would project to happen. But I think we could see it go uh, in a number of different ways. Like that Jacksonville game, we were all over Derrick Henry. It ended up seeing Ryan Tannehill post pretty monster numbers. Uh, Buffalo, 30 fantasy points. Houston, 34 DraftKings points. He has, you know, the upside. So I'm not willing to ignore that quite yet, especially if Derrick Henry's popular, coming off that big game, little recency bias and ownership. And Ryan Tannehill ends up being vastly overlooked along with his pass catchers. I don't know if it'll happen, but if it does, I'm on board. Sal, where are you at under the 6K range and anyone else that we haven't touched on at quarterback? Yeah, not much confidence in anyone down here. It's just tough when there's probably going to be one or multiple quarterbacks up top to peak towards 30-plus points, especially with Wilson, Murray, Watson's rushing upside on the slate, how much Herbert and Rodgers are throwing. But, I mean, I thought Ben might be the one to say this first. Is Mitch Trubisky, if he gets the start oh, again, <laughs> at $5,400, a 24-implied team total? If we're looking for somebody down here, he's the one that would stand out to me. He's only done well against Detroit, it seems like, in his career. You saw the mobility last week, and he was targeting the players that he should, most notably Allen Robinson. So it's probably more so a single stack for me. I don't really trust Trubisky to, to connect on Mooney downfield all that much. But he had eyes for Robinson. It's a pretty run, easy run back with Kenny Galladay on the opposite side or Swift if he was to return. So Trubisky would be the one. I do think Baker Mayfield is too cheap, but it's just so hard to get a ceiling out of uh, Baker Mayfield if he's just going to score 16, 18 points. That's a good game for him, but it's not going to win you any tournaments. Do either of you guys have DraftKings pulled up by any chance? I do, yeah. Yes. Why? Okay. Click on Mitch Trubisky's headshot and tell me that does not look like Spags. Okay. When Spag smiles, when he does that, that smile during these shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a real resemblance there. He looks like someone else too, and I can't – it looks like Spags and somebody else combined, and I can't get the other person. Hmm. By the way, one last thing uh, with with Tannehill. Denzel Ward's not expected to play in Week 13 either. So, you know, if you're looking for something to aid your decision-making process. By the way, I'm not – it sounds like I'm planting my flag and willing to die on the Tannehill hill – um, but I don't know, Ben, 
quarterbacks just kind of ugly this week. I think all of us would probably tend to agree. There, there isn't a ton. When I, when I went through the list of players, I came up with like you know, six or seven of them and, and three or four of those seven, I just didn't have much confidence in whatsoever, uh, especially down in the lower range. You have Rivers against Houston, should be a high scoring game, but he's shown nothing this season. And it's so hard to predict which one of his pass catchers, if any of them are going to have a big game because it's such a flat target distribution. Derek Carr coming up. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Off a brutal performance, but he's got the New York Jets, so uh, I suppose that's doable. And, and as Sal mentioned, Mitch Trubisky, close out the quarterback position with some cheap options. Yeah, listen, I mean, I think we know that I, I'm going to play some Trubisky. I think it's incredibly obvious that he should be the starter not saying he's great but he's a better fantasy player than real life player and even so he's going to drop back 40 plus times he's going to throw some picks he may fumble a couple times it doesn't matter he's going to at least put up volume and he's going to have chances he's mobile uh last week in green green bay they weren't in that game at all he ends with a very respectable 22 fantasy points if you give me that for 5400 i'll take it the one other guy and these are clearly just tournament plays it's a good game environment at Rams Cardinals Goff is coming off an absolutely horrendous game. We have seen him drop back, drop back massive amounts in a few games. So if the game script gets right, you could see the Rams really throwing the ball. He has obvious stacking targets. You have great run back options on the other side of that game. It's not my favorite by any stretch, but Goff for, for an aggressive tournament play, I think you could do worse sub six K. Yeah. 25.8 implied total for the Rams. It's not yeah. bad at all. Uh, if we turn to the running back position, by the way, I hope you guys got in on that. If you, if you never subscribed, I hope you got in on that cyber Monday deal. Uh, $1 for literally everything on the site for a week. It's over now, but I'm just throwing I hope you got in on it. Um, if you still want to check out awesome. it's awesome. slash join projections, ownership, top stack tool, all of the showdown projections, everything we've got on there is amazing stuff preeminent tools you'll find created by the number one dfs player in the world alex baker check it out if you have any questions you can hit me up on twitter shoot me a dm i'm happy to help you out you get weekly passes for less than four dollars a week they include all of the showdown content they include rankings for main slate they include uh express top stack tool express lineup builder you want to do the whole thing get the awesome plus platinum you can do weekly monthly annual whatever you want but uh, the tools are fantastic. They help create better players, and we have proof of that. Just go to the Awesome Hall of Fame page on Twitter and see for yourself. Awesome.com slash join. Check all that out. All right, uh, Sal, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, both of them north of $9,000. In week 12, Derrick Henry exploded with 140-plus yards and three touchdowns in the first half alone. Dalvin Cook, the clear chalk, coming in between 40 and 50% in every large field tournament, monster letdown. Went to that blue tent. We knew things were looking ugly there. Returned, still had 18 carries, but man, it was such a disappointing, underwhelming performance. And he put a lot of people out of the money on his own at 9,500. Same price this week. Great matchup against Jacksonville. Now this is where we have to start. 
Yeah, if I, if I have to choose between one of these two guys up top, I'll probably go right back to Dalvin Cook, assuming that he's going to be healthy. They're seeing the same opportunities per game right now, 25 and a half, both Henry and Cook. You just get that passing game usage. And also what I would consider uh, at this point a better matchup against Jacksonville, 10-point favorite instead of a five-point favorite. So tougher for things to go wrong here. So I'll keep going to Dalvin Cook, especially coming off of a bad game. Henry coming off of back-to-back monster games. I think that you probably start to see ownership at a cheaper price point leak towards Henry. I don't think you have to play either. It's kind of scary to fade both of them. Uh, definitely in cash, you're probably going to pick one, if not both. But in GPPs, we just talked about quarterbacks. A lot of those guys are at 7K or above. It starts to become difficult to fit in these 9K-plus running backs. That's why last week, it was just kind of natural for me to get away from Cook. This week, I'll probably lean towards getting back to him, assuming that I can find the salary. Ben, what about you? We have to start at the top. It's a, it's a insane getting two of these guys on this slate, both north of 9K. No Christian McCaffrey, though, so it's one or the other. And do you think there will be enough recency bias to level out that ownership? Because I feel like I have to go straight back to Dalvin Cook again. That's going to be what I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, Dalvin Cook was massively owned. Derrick Henry was not. We saw the results. I, I mean, I hope there's recency bias. I hope people will, will look at the box score because I, I like Dalvin Cook. Uh, I don't think it's particularly close, to be honest. Uh, he just has the ability to get it done in so many other ways he can catch the ball they're just a better game script they're at home they need this game desperately not to say that Tennessee doesn't but I I really have Cook firmly ahead of of Derrick Henry and now we know how good both these guys are so can Derrick Henry do it we saw this last week but for me um, I I would clearly start with Cook question I have you know it's more from a lineup construction is it feasible to play both in the same lineup my gut says no Uh, it's just too big of an opportunity cost but That's something as we get closer to Sunday, if there's COVID situations, if there's value like we saw last week where there was, you know, 10 guys around the min that were playable, maybe you can double jam uh, at at running back. Mm. Okay. That is it worth it? Sal, I'll ask you the same question because this will be a conversation we're having throughout the week. Why not kick it off now? Uh, Do you think it could be feasible to roster both of these guys in the same lineup? Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be feasible. Like, these guys have the 30 to 40-point ceilings that you can't miss out on. You saw last week for Henry and a couple weeks back for Cook. But I don't think – I think what Ben said about opportunity costs is the point that I would, like, leverage it on. Like, you might get DeAndre Swift back this week. You have Austin Eckler for more than $2,000 cheaper. James Robinson continues to see 25-plus touches. So there's a bunch of guys that have the passing game upside, like Eckler, the overall usage, like Robinson, that I think I'd rather get to to try and get up to the Devontae Adams and Rodgers stacks or whatever it might be with your quarterback-wide receiver pairing. So – I think in most of my lineups, I would get to at most one of these guys. I think there's a lot of good six and seven K running backs this week that can get you 25 fantasy points. Nick Chubb was one of my favorite pivots last week, just given that so many people were concerned about Kareem Hunt uh, and ignoring the fact that these guys are combining for like 40 carries a game anyway. Uh, Broke off a solid game. I even had three receptions for 32 yards, which is not what I had in the cards, but he's all the way up to $7,700. Josh Jacobs against the Jets, assuming he plays. He's got that ankle injury. We'll get to Devontae Booker shortly. Is 7,400. And then uh, James Robinson, his prices come up, but not dramatically against Minnesota. The volume we're seeing from him, Sal, and you just alluded to it, is insanely high. 28 uh, opportunities last game, 19 before that, even though they were lost by 24. Uh, 28, 27, 28. Like <laughs> The, the last month and a half for him has been unthinkable. Yeah, and it's nice to see at least, like, we had one game at the scare with Luton in there if there was going to be some passing game usage and, and concerns. 
assuming Glennon keeps starting, even if it goes back to Minshew at some point, the passing game volume is there for both of those quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, you're getting at this point like 18 carries a game, almost five targets a game out of Robinson, and now a very good matchup against Minnesota. The only downside is he's going to come in as a 10-point underdog, but he's a 10-point underdog like every single week, whether he's facing Pittsburgh, whether it's last week. So it's really not that much of a concern. Uh, I forgot who put the tweet out that only seven other uh, carries this year have gone to anybody not named James Robinson at the running back position on this team. So there's a lot of upside there. It's a very condensed week. I think we had this at wide receiver like two of the last three weeks, but at running back this week, I mean, from 7K flat to Kamara all the way up to Chubb, there's about six, seven running backs in there that all look like pretty fine options that are separated by like $100 a piece. Ben, I've, I, I look at someone in Aaron Jones and I, I can't help but think, He's probably overpriced in this matchup. Now, you always see Aaron Jones blow up and, and, and go off when he's low-owned, sub-10%, and maybe that's capable of happening today. But, uh, you know, he just hasn't found the end zone. And unfortunately, the opportunities, recently at least, haven't been there as much as I would like to see. He's still on pace for a decent amount of, you know, inside the 10 uh, looks this season. But Jamal Williams also had 17 carries against Chicago. So before we get to Aaron Jones saying, oh, well, he had 17 carries, so did Jamal Williams. And uh, he scored. So I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it, it in some ways mirrors what you see in Cleveland sometimes where both of these guys get sizable workloads. The one thing I like about Aaron Jones this week is if if, and it's a small chance he explodes, it's going to come directly at what could be one of the most popular stacks in Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So you're directly leveraging against uh, a lot of people in tournaments. So if you get it right, you kind of get it right twice. Now, Aaron Jones feels a little underpriced. He's losing a lot of that goal line work, as we've talked about, that Devontae Adams is an extension of the run in the red zone. But when you're talking about beating 200,000 people, you get a, a smash play and a, a big-time quarterback and wide receiver are behind the eight ball. That That's pretty enticing. What do you think about the other guys in this similar range from James Robinson, who we just touched on, to uh, Aaron, well, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, 7,100. He came onto the field, immediately played 70-plus percent of the snaps last game, uh, despite being on the IR. Saw 14 carries and 16 targets in that road loss to Buffalo, which is absurd. I remember Sal saying if he plays – He's going to have a lot of fantasy points. I think you tweeted that, as a matter of fact. Uh, and then Alvin Kamara at 7K. Dude, if you're not worried about Alvin Kamara right now, you haven't been watching the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill at the helm. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, I, I thought that, you know, he was like 2% last week, and it's so enticing. But he is – I can't think of a worse situation for him right now with the way they're controlling the clock, leaning on the defense, and they've got Taysom Hill uh Eckler though you know at the beginning of the year we were worried oh my god Tyrod Taylor doesn't like to check down well clearly with Herbert in there that's not an issue if he's going to see this type of work that price is only going to rise I I you know I know you rip on Doug Peterson I don't know what the chart the Chargers end of that game was some of the strangest most absurd play calls I've ever seen uh but Eckler almost fell in the end zone again, and then he really would have had a big week. If he's going to see 25 type, you know, touches, he's probably my favorite running back actually in the 7K range. Thomas says, you guys are the worst last night with Seattle and Eagles. Your choice of Hurst, uh, Hurst, he means Hurts, and Swain, the worst. Well, number one, we said if David Moore plays, you can't play Swain because he goes from the three to the four. And number four, four. it's speculation, dude. I wasn't on the show, so don't blame me. No, no, no. He's talking about me, uh, Matt, and myself, and I guess whoever was on the night show. But (laughs) the the thing is, I I think I stated at least 15 times. There's a very good chance Wentz plays the entire game. 
But based on Ian Rappaport's reporting, not me, you know, one of the most known reporters in the league, Jalen Hurts was supposed to play the most snaps last night that he has all season long. I think he played one or two. So, yeah. But uh, explicitly said, Swain, if David Moore is out, got to pay better attention, fella. Sal, what are you doing below the 7K spot? Yeah, I, I, I had somebody right when I opened up like uh, YouTube this morning, they said uh, – I, I, I had like no interest in Richard Rodgers last night and they said like, well, look, look who strikes again, Richard Rodgers. And I, <laughs> I didn't see the touchdown at first, like how it happened. I was like, oh, I got a fourth quarter touchdown. You gotta be kidding me. And then I saw it happen. I was like, this guy for real. I don't think this guy saw it either, but no. Yeah. I think Eckler, I'm going to be all off again. of Fulgham's hands go. and a one handed grab in the end zone for Richard Rodgers on a Hail Mary in garbage time for anyone that didn't see the touchdown. Yeah. I started, I started chuckling. It was great, but Eckler at 7,100. Yes. I like him just close the door on him. I think continues to see a ton of usage. Herbert is looking his way and that's all you have to ask for at this point. Yeah. The six game range. I think there's some interesting options. Uh, you're going to have potentially DeAndre Swift coming back. It was a concussion. I think he should be fine now by all the reports. He was practicing that week. He just couldn't clear the protocol in time. He only had a week to do so. So even against Chicago, I'll be fine with that. Only a three point underdog. And you would expect to get maybe a little bit more passing game usage there. They definitely need him at this point. So $6,500 Swift, $6,300 Carson. You saw him get out snapped and, and out touched basically by twice the amount on the ground by Carlos Hyde in that last game, but he looked fine on the ground, average five yards per carry, looked good on his touchdown. So I think I would prefer Swift in the passing game usage, but Carson, when he gets volume this year has been very good. And that was his first game back after a month, month and a half off. I don't know if that had something to do with it. If it did though, he's actually averaging more fantasy points per touch uh, than DeAndre Swift. It's both small sample sizes, 7% touchdown rate is going to help that. But I like both of those guys that are bunched together. I would go Swift and Carson. Okay. Yeah, uh, just to reiterate, I'm perfectly willing to get to Austin Eckler, James Robinson. Um, ben, Miles Sanders can't be trusted right now, and it's it's really it's really disappointing to see this. And, and I don't say this because I like the Eagles. I actually would prefer them to lose right now. I, I say this because the guy has – why do you shake your head? They're like one game out of the division. It's amazing, this division. Like if all the teams were eight and three, it would be – like what's the difference? Don't you want them to win the division? No, 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 no. See, that's that that that's a that's buffoonery. You can't want them. To I'm win. here for it. Okay, well, here's why. Because if they win the division, they immediately get embarrassed in the wild card round, right? Like, would you not agree with that? No, I wouldn't. What? You get a home game. It's weird. Oh, yeah, a home game with in the front earthquake. Of nobody. Oh, all right. Even if they do, continue. Go ahead. I'm listening. So, assuming they get their dicks kicked in in round one in the mm -hmm. wild card round. Then the best draft pick they can get is 19. In this like instance, they can get the so who cares? What? It's not like they're going to draft another quarterback, so who cares? Okay. I don't care if they draft another quarterback, draft somebody. Well, they'll get somebody. I'm they're sure it'll be something. They're they'll the worst fine. team in the NFC East. That speaks volumes. Anyway, look, here's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get off track here. I could do this forever. Miles Sanders you can't trust Doug Peterson to run the football anymore. It's, it's that simple. And if he's going to abandon the run, which I assume he's going to do very early and often against green Bay, I had people tweet me yesterday, Ben, like, man, can't wait for everyone to be off of miles Sanders for him to play green Bay and crush it. The only way that happens is if they go up early or if they're competitive, because the moment they go down and this is not, this is not just my speculation. This is what's happened every game. If they go down early, Miles Sanders gets phased out of the game entirely, specifically on the ground, which is where you would want him to do his work against Green Bay's most inferior aspect of their defense. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, Sanders is a guy that I, I've loved in spots to roll the dice in tournaments because he's explosive, even against tough fronts. It's just not happening, though. Uh, you summed it up, and I'll probably look to leverage elsewhere if Swift is good to go. Uh, and there's some guys as we work down that I, I think you can get to. If you want to save money, I, I do think I'll primarily try to pay up at running back this week. But uh, uh, yes, yeah, Sanders kind of like Kamara right now. It's really hard to get. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right there. Jamal says, this is serious morning show vibes. Ben and Lafayette going back and <laughs> forth about Philly sports. Yep, sure You're does. Wrong. I got to tell you, though, Sal, once you get below 6K is where I start to actually have some intrigue. Now, you might scoff at some of these, but uh, Wayne Gallman is getting a ton of opportunities. I, 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 I do like Green Bay's run defense. I, I respect them. But New York Giants defensively, particularly in the secondary, have actually been better lately. I know that Russell Wilson's been much better at home than on the road. We can factor that in fine. But Wayne Gallman was targeted five times uh, last game. He's running a fair amount of routes, and he's clearly taking over the bulk of opportunities in, in this backfield. 24 carries against Cincinnati. He had 29 total looks. So him, uh, as much as it disgusts me to say it, David Montgomery is is viable coming off his best game of the year, uh, averaging 9.4 yards per attempt. Of course, he had a 57-yard carry uh, and six targets, five receptions for 40 yards. He's still the clear bell cow there as well as disgusting as it is. Kareem Hunt's down the 5,400. Um, I actually think there are a couple spots in this 5K range that I'm not totally opposed to getting to, even if they're kind of ugly coming off the tongue. Yeah, this 5K range is loaded, and there's some question marks like in terms of health on some of these players. Like right at the top, I like Miles Gaskin a lot if he's going to be healthy this week. Almost went last week, and I don't remember the last time I saw Miami as 11-point favorites at this point, but they're opening up as 11-point favorites against the Bengals. Gaskin was getting 20 touches a week before he ended up getting hurt. Uh, he was coming out there, and he was seeing – so in his previous games, he ended up getting hurt, but he saw 21 touches, 22 opportunities, 21 opportunities. He was getting all the work out there. And they are just begging for a running back right now. Yeah, Matt Breida fumbled. They gave him no work. Patrick Laird came in, saw like a touch, fumbled. They gave him, him, him no work. And DeAndre Washington, who they signed from the Chiefs as a, a free agent, got cut by the Chiefs. He comes in, he sees a couple of touches, but doesn't do anything with them. So they're begging for a running back. They were giving all that work to Gaskin. So I like him all the way up top at 5,900. But then, yeah, it's a laundry list. Like Duke Johnson, does David Johnson come back this week? If not, we find 
finally got to see a decent game out of Duke Johnson on Thanksgiving right there at $5,800. You touched on Gallman and Montgomery. I probably prefer Gallman this week to Montgomery, but also Devonta Freeman is set to return. I can't see them giving him a ton of work, but they did sign him and give him money to probably at least take some touches there. So yeah, I, I lean to go towards the top here with Gaskin and Duke Johnson. Um, Naeem Himes will be probably right after Gaskin in this 5K range if Jonathan Taylor was to miss again. If Freeman returns, and I don't, I, is he is he returning or is it just he's eligible to return this week? Yeah, I believe Freeman and um, David Johnson are eligible to return. Eligible. I haven't seen like any updates on either of their status. Okay, gotcha. I would assume that Freeman cuts in maybe a little bit, but probably not enough. If he stays out, uh, I'm interested. Will says uh, Gallman has not been efficient. You're right, but 29 touches is 29 touches. And furthermore, he had eight red zone carries last game, which is all I really need. If you're going to get there, get there in any way possible. Ben, 5K range. What do you say about this? Yeah, I mean, Goldman's a guy that I'm going to throw my support by. I've been playing him, so I'm a little little biased, not going to lie, but you just mentioned efficiency is great, but volume is more important. Like, he got stuffed three straight times on the goal line, and on fourth down, they just gave him the ball again, and he fell in the end. Like, if you're going to get opportunities like that, uh, you'll have have opportunities, and he's not a zero in the passing game. I'm a little, I don't know what, I'll be honest, what Colt McCoy does if he ends up starting. Does that really hurt Gallman? Does that help him? He's already getting enough work. I worry that they might just be ineffective across the board, but he's probably where I'm drawn. And then we'll have to see, as, as you guys talked about with some of these other guys, kind of being eligible to return. It, it made money the waters. Uh, Hines, obviously. I. The Saints situation in general is just confusing with me. I, I Obviously, they crushed the Broncos, as everyone knew. I'm not really looking to go to Latavius Murray, though. I don't know what's funnier. The fact that CEH1300 lost a chat bet and had to change his avatar from the Colts to the Titans, or the fact that our producer, Jordan Klein, noticed that he had a Colts avatar last week and that he has a Titans avatar today. Yeah, that's... Jordan, I mean, that's the stranger part, right? The fact that Jordan realized that. You think I have a good memory? Like, what is going on there? That's... I don't know. Still. That is really something else. All right. Um, some cheap guys. Ben, I'll stick with you just to get your, your first opinion on this. Uh, I will take credit for the Brian Hill fade because, no, he's not a workhorse. Edo Smith, pretty respectable stuff you're seeing from him, like, For example, he played only 36% of the snaps to Hill's 50 last week and 12 carries to Hill's 13, but he outproduced him easily yards per carry, 5.4 to 4.2, out-targeted him 5 to 1, four receptions on the day, and he had seven looks inside the red zone to Brian Hill's 1. I don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley, but if he's out, that to me is interesting, and I got to throw this out there, Ben. It might finally be Cam Akers' time. Over the last three weeks, he's registered only one less carry than Daryl Henderson and 12 more than Malcolm Brown. And I did a little digging. The two longest runs for the Rams this year, both of them are from Cam Akers. And Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown have combined for one carry over 20 yards. Could this be the time? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I would love, I'm a big Cam Akers guy. Uh, Loved him at Florida State. I wish he was a little more active in the passing game because right now you're going to need him to fall in the end zone to, to get there but we just don't have that many options when we look down here, like Frank Gore, I I saw him get his touches, no interest for me. And then as much as I complain, and I do complain a lot, I got super fortunate with James White last week. I loved the spot for him. 
the targets weren't there. He, Two he rushing scored twice. I, I couldn't believe it. And I don't know what to make of that. Obviously, Harris is getting opportunities on the ground. I, I, I'm I James White was interesting. I just really thought that he would see, you know, eight, 10 targets, and that did not materialize. No. Sal, 4K range actually isn't that terrible. Uh, I think there's some opportunity here, albeit risky opportunity. What do you say? Yeah, a lot of it's just like depending on injuries still with these Miami guys, and there's just so many guys going to be battling there. Same thing for the Rams backfield. I, I think Akers is the most talented. I think he's been struggling struggling with an injury basically since week two, and that's limited him. But I still don't think they're going to give him that like 15 to 20 touch workload. So it's just tough below 5K. I don't really see anything that I, I want to get to unless we have – some news that Gaskin for some reason isn't playing again. You could take your stabs on like a minimum price DeAndre Washington and just hope for like 10 fantasy points. And that's all you need there to punt that position. But I probably won't go down there. Same thing as Ben with James White. I ended up seeing how he got his performance of 14 points. Um, and I liked him last week. I had him in a decent amount of lineups. I took it. But yeah, it's hard to know what to make of that. It wasn't a game where they were trailing by a lot. They actually won the game. And that's going to be the case again this week is just one point underdog. So it's tough to want to go there with any sort of confidence, especially if Sony Michelle starts to see more snaps. Let's talk wide receivers. Remember, guys, you can listen to all of these shows in podcast form. Any platform that has podcasts available, we've got you covered. That's right. Just search Awesome A-W-E-S-E-M-O. If you missed this, you don't want to watch it on YouTube. Maybe you don't want to keep your phone open because you don't have YouTube premium. You don't want to support the overlords. Well, do it with the podcast. Close your phone, put it in your pocket. Bing, bang, boom. Plus, if you're watching this now and you showed up late, start it from the beginning. That's why we have a topics list or it'll publish only a couple of minutes after we're done going live. Okay, uh, Ben, D, uh, Devontae Adams, 9K. We don't need to spend much time here. I think we all agree that he's a phenomenal play this week. We just saw what DK Metcalf did to Darius Slay, ate him alive, and they just put him in single coverage, which is you know just totally unfair. It's cruel and unusual punishment for Darius Slay. Metcalf against the Giants. Him and Bradbury, that'll be a fun matchup. He's north of 8K for, I think, the first time all season long. And those are the two highest-priced guys. Once you get down past that, you have Keenan above 8K for the first time, DeAndre Hopkins at 78, and even A.J. Brown at 7,600. A lot of talent, a lot of appealing spots, but you're going to have to pay a lot for these guys. And you already have Dalvin Cook and uh, Derrick Henry, who you said you might even try to get both. So what do you do here at wide receiver towards the top? Yeah, we have a lot of expensive options. I mean, there's a multitude of guys in the 7K range in those three. As you mentioned, I'm not going to talk about Adams. I think Metcalf, a little overpriced coming off a ISO game. I always factor in that island games, when people play showdown, they weigh more what they see because they're they're focused on that one game. So, like, everybody saw Metcalf torch him. Lockett was non-existent. Not super there. Honestly, A.J. Brown, I'll go back to Tannehill, as you talked about. I, I do think if you want to go against – that rushing attack, he, he's in an interesting spot. Keenan Allen's going to get his targets. He's scoring consistently. Uh, he may get Gilmore, but all these guys are going to have to deal with either Ramsey or Bradbury. There's a lot of top-end corners, and I don't know if that necessarily can stop guys of this caliber. Sal, same question up top, wide receiver. Yeah, they all look good. It's a broken record. I'll keep saying Devonta Adams. I think I'm going to be stacking a lot of Rodgers this week. But every single one of these guys at Hopkins price point and above, I expect to have mainly in stacks. I'll probably get more of, I would say, Adams, Allen, and Metcalf probably in that order because I suspect I'll get a good amount of Lockett still as well to pull away from some of that Metcalf ownership. But 
just to pick a guy that is going to be set for a bounce back at $7,200. I'm going to go Calvin Ridley. Last week, he had a decent game. People were expecting a lot more, projecting out for like nearly 20 fantasy points. That's what happened the last time Julio was out. Julio might be back, but that's fine. He had a fine matchup. He saw like 180 air, air yards last time out that he faced the Saints. Jenkins couldn't stop him. Lattimore, I believe, was banged up in that game. It didn't really matter. So Ridley's price point is fair at $7,200. We didn't really touch much on Matt Ryan. I don't want to go there. It's it's tough with the team total. But I do think that Ridley is affordable if you wanted to stack it or as a one-off. Okay. Uh, yeah, the... AJ Brown is, is getting up there in price. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I do think there's, there's some viability here for sure. And ultimately, if, if, Ben, what do you think ownership's going to end up looking like on AJ Brown? Because I, I don't know if it's going to be super high on Dalvin cook, but there's no doubt that one will probably affect the other. What do you think AJ Brown in the same price range as a lot of other really, really good wide receivers is going to land that. If you had to take a guess, we'll get ownership sometime tomorrow. Yeah, I I assume it would be pretty low, and it's just because it's several reasons. One, you have a bunch of guys up here uh, that I think people would rather go to. And two, if you play Derrick Henry, I, I don't know how you're going to play A.J. Brown. So if Derrick Henry is popular, that directly comes from the A.J. Brown ownership, uh, maybe like 10%, maybe a little less. I, I think that's a pretty reasonable guess. Uh, and we'll have to see because if he's lower owned, that's the type of guy I want to buy on. We know the ceiling's intact. It's more the floor that's the issue. And, you know, when you're paying a premium tag, like Dalvin Cook is a perfect example. If he got zero last week, you're screwed. He got, you know, a, he got a middling performance, not great. You're still in trouble. Like when you pay the premium on these guys for tournaments, you need the ceiling. The, the you know, the median game and the floor game it all makes you in trouble. Maybe you don't min cash as much, but you're trying to play to win those anyway. So I'll embrace the variance with a guy like AJ Brown. Ridley's interesting. And then for me, my plan is to more attack the 6K range, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. Yeah, Denzel Ward, again, not expected to play. That will definitely be beneficial. But the volume with Brown is one of the things that's concerning. I just wish he was getting more opportunity. And uh, in, a, in a game where they need to throw or maybe they decide to throw more, A.J. Brown will be, will be the guy. But uh, that's still yet to be seen. Sal, what about in the, the lower 7K, upper 6K range as we work our way down the wide receiver position? Tyler Lockett coming off a rough one. Uh, Calvin Ridley, they didn't really need a ton from him, but he produced it in, in the spots he was needed, still targeted nine times, found the end zone. Uh, and Will Fuller's out. We'll get to Brandon Cooks momentarily. Michael Thomas being another one where how much do they really need to get him the ball right now uh, against Atlanta? Hopefully more. We saw in the first game with Taysom Hill, he was productive, but it's tough. And then Justin Jefferson against Jacksonville. Uh, presumably we will get Adam Thielen back in the uh, the lineup. So what do you say here? Yeah, I think I like Ridley the most in that range. I'm okay to go back to Michael Thomas. The price point's coming down. He had that 50% target share a couple of weeks back. He has one bad game. So I assume people will get off of it. It is tough with Taysom Hill throwing the football to him, but 7K, I'm okay to get there. But then, yeah, this upper to mid 6K range is what I like a lot. We already talked about Mitchell Trubisky to an extent in games where he has started this year. Allen Robinson, 9-9, 11 targets, then he got replaced in that Atlanta game. And then this past week, 13 targets. So Robinson, I'm going to probably have somewhere around 10 targets you could expect in this game. So I like that at $6,700. 
And then assuming that Ryan Fitzpatrick starts, which we don't know what's happening with Tua, if he really does have this swollen finger or they just want to make the playoffs at this point. But Devontae Parker at $6,400 is well too underpriced for the upside that he has. It all it took was one game for Fitzpatrick to come back. You get over 100 yards, you get the 20-plus point performance, and now he gets the Bengals this week. They are big favorites, but I do like the 26 implied team total. So Robinson and Parker at that upper to mid-6K range probably stand out the most to me. Both of these guys seen the benefit from the the newly installed quarterbacks, Ben. Devontae Parker, we were all on him last week. And Allen Robinson has a 37, I think, percent target share with Mitch Trubisky under center this season. What are you doing at the 6K spot? I'm playing these guys. Um, yeah, you I love little, Robinson this week. I, probably my favorite, possibly my favorite play overall on the week uh, is Robinson. He's just... They fall behind. He's going to get force fed. If they are winning somehow, it's because he probably scored to get them up. But there's just not a lot of ways that he's not involved. And you save salary. We need to try to steal some some money here and there. Him, Parker, I'll go down to the Rams guys. They're very tough to predict. Sometimes it's Cup, sometimes it's Woods. It's kind of like the Seattle situation. So uh, you can look to those guys. I tend to side with Cup. Uh, he's coming off the worst of the two games. I'll probably do that again. This is the range that I really try to attack. And I hope my plan is to pair a couple of these guys, get Dalvin Cook, and then see where where I have to fill in with cheapies. Do you like anybody once you get into the 5K spots? Of course, Brandon Cooks against Indianapolis. Not, not a pristine matchup. And you know what? Maybe Brandon Cooks being the wide receiver one will hurt him. It's possible. I'm not convinced that it's going to help him. But I think from a volume standpoint, he should benefit from it. He still has massive big play potential, uh, as good as almost any receiver in the league. So we can start there in the 5K spot. He's $5,600 with Will Fuller suspended for the remainder of the season, six games to be exact. Yeah, for me, it's he's the obvious play, and then we have a lot of questions. So, like, what's up with Galladay if he sits, Marvin Jones? I think Myers is an interesting pivot off Cooks if he's massively popular. He had that one bad game as chalk but he's still commanding a large target share in this Patriots offense. Uh, And then you have like secondary options of stacks, Kirk, Lazard types, uh, probably only go with my quarterback, but this range is really uh, dependent on the lineup itself for me. There were a lot of people that trolled us the other week for talking about Jarvis Landry um, prior to knowing that the weather in that Philly game was going to be horrible. And he ended up not being great, which marked Sal the third game in a row since Odell Beckham went down that Jarvis Landry was playing in monsoon type weather or hurricane force winds this week goes down to Florida, beautiful weather, no issues rips off easily his best game of the season, his first hundred yard game of the season and his first receiving touchdown of the season. So how do we weigh those two against each other? There's no Odell Beckham. There was some good weather uh, and we finally saw him erupt. Whereas in the other games, he did absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think that exactly what you said. There's a bye week mixed in there. So it was a month off in the game where the first game back with bad weather, he had like an 11 target game, had like a bang, bang touchdown call that didn't go his way as well. So could have had a big game there. And yeah, I think that he's fine. I think now he's probably priced where he should be at like the 62 to $6,500 range. Fine play if you want to get to him. I think the Tennessee secondary is not good. It continues to get worse, in my opinion, each week that goes by. This past week looked half decent, but T.Y. Hilton was their biggest threat. So I think that Landry's fine to get to. It's just other options that I would say have a higher ceiling in Parker and Robinson and, and get there more often as long as Fitzpatrick plays with Parker. So I think Landry's is appropriate, pro- appropriately priced now uh, as opposed to last week and the week before where I took a strong stance. This week, I'm just kind of neutral to it. What about the 5K range? 
Yeah, you guys touch on Brandon Cooks. I think he looks good. I really don't know. I think they're going to have to go back to two tight end sets a good amount of the time. They did that a lot last year as well. Uh, unless they re-sign Kenny Stills, I don't know how they're going to be putting a rookie on the outside that has like no experience this year in Coulter. So Cooks should be force-fed. They could put him in the slot as well. He can get nice matchups anywhere he really wants to go as long as they scheme it that way. But then this whole 5K range is kind of a dead range. I don't really want much of it at all. You have wide receivers losing volume and usage, whether it's uh, Fulgham. You have inconsistent players in, in Christian Kirk, Aguilar. Quarterback's gone now for Sterling Shepard and Slayton. So I think Alan Lazard at 5K flat, if we are going to get to some Packer stacks, I think he's fine. This past week, he only saw six targets. He had to get the touchdown to get you there. But this was his first true week back. He's now basically had in his healthy games a good game in four out of the five of them. So I think he's fine to get to. And also the Packers, they didn't run, throw the ball. They didn't have to at all in the fourth quarter. Rodgers only attempts 29 passes. And he sees six targets on those, a couple throwaways. So he was seeing around a 20, 23% target share in this game. They ran the ball 34 times. If you get Rodgers back to throwing 35, 36 times in this game, I think you can definitely see some seven, eight target game for Lazard at 5K flat. Ben, I'm going to rattle off a couple names and see where you stand on these guys. Uh, we already talked about Brandon Cooks. Uh, Sal just mentioned Alan Lazard. And I think, you know, given what we think of, of Philadelphia's offense, contributing to Rodgers being on the field and Rodgers just being uh, in, in MVP form. There's a lot to like there, but Jacoby Myers against the chargers, they've proven that they will give up huge yardage to the opposing offenses. Sterling Shepard against the Seattle team that unless they're facing the Eagles is the worst secondary in the league. And I say that not tongue in cheek. I not in jest. I'm dead serious. This team has been carved up outside of last week. Uh, and then Corey Davis, maybe uh, a, uh, an alternative to someone like A.J. Brown, uh, $2,500 discount. Jamison Crowder against Vegas at $5,100. There are a decent amount of options in this range. Not to say I like all of those guys, but a few of them I definitely have some interest in. Yeah, I, I think these guys, again, it, it's somewhat lineup dependent. Some Myers as leverage off Cook. I want to see what's up with Daniel Jones. I Colt McCoy doesn't seem like he's going to carve up any secondary anytime soon. So that could be a problem for a guy like Shepard. And then, you know, Davis, I, if I, if I go to Tannehill stacks, maybe he finds his way in there. So it's not a dead range that honestly, as gross as it sounds, the Jets receivers, all of them not together. Or, you know, I looked at Crowder Mims is probably the guy that I'm going to continue to play. He's getting the target share. He's a rookie. They want to get him looks. He's just got to find the end zone, which is a daunting task for a team that can't score. So uh, he's, a, he's a bargain bin, and we'll see what opens up. Last week, Jacksonville produced a number of guys that we could play near the men. Isabella was there. Not that that worked, but there were ways to do it, and I just want to see exactly what this week holds in that regard. I find myself playing a lot of these Jets receivers uh, every week, Sal. And, and when I say a lot of them, I mean – I'm getting exposure to Perryman because his targets have been there and, and it's downfield opportunities and Denzel Mims because he's been so cheap. Um, Jamison Crowder is a little bit more expensive than these guys, but uh, yeah, every week I've been stacking against the jets and saying, Oh, well, I got a really simple run back option here. I'll just throw in one of these guys. It's 3,500. Yeah, exactly. I think they still look good. I think Mims is probably the guy that I want to get to uh, more so over Perryman. They both look like similar plays. I think it'll be interesting to see just moving forward with Darnold, how much of these air yards continue to hold up. They are one and two in the NFL right now over the last month in, in average depth of target, both Mims and Perriman, which is crazy to see, but all that was basically with Joe Flacco. So that would be the main concern there. Darnold did not look good when he finally had a healthy O-line and every single one of his weapons healthy. So that's a concern, but it is just one game for him. So the Jets receivers, I have them in a player pool right now. I think that some people might be drawn to, probably not in a major way, like Kiki Kute because of what's happening with Will Fuller. 
I really don't see how his role increases. He's not going to be put on the outside. He's just going to be the same role that he probably was if Will Fuller wasn't going to be out there. Maybe he's an extra target. So that's not going to be really that interesting to me. Yeah, the, the cheap options basically look like, at least in this bottom of the 4K range, MVS will be in stacking options. T.Y. Hilton, best game of the year, comes alive last week, now gets Houston secondary, where I believe Bradley Roby also got suspended for six games, if that's correct. He did, for yeah, he, he did. He posted on Instagram about it yesterday, too, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that's like the same doctor they went to him in Fuller, but it was, yeah, it, it was interesting to see. So that opens up some upside for at least Hilton, but probably more so Pittman, who's coming off of a bad game, sees no ownership. So in this cheap price range, Pittman's the guy that I like the most. And then it's just a bunch of guys like either filling out stacks or just getting me to the lineup that I need. I don't really see a lot of upside here. Yeah, like maybe Colin Johnson is is in there again, depending on the injuries for Jacksonville, Ben. But uh, the 3K range are going to be, you know, just taking shots like we did with Gabriel Davis. I thought he was a good play. He ended up coming through. Andy Isabella with Fitzgerald out. There will be some opportunities that spring up throughout the week. And you know what? It's a risky proposition. But with so many good high-end players this week, we're going to find ourselves all the way leading up to Sunday talking about a bunch of these cheap uh, 3K receiver options. No doubt. We just have to more and more with the COVID situation, everything uh, we have to just keep an eye on it and the, the slate will evolve doors will open up uh, and, and come Sunday, we'll, we'll have a better idea of how aggressive we can be up top because of the value down low. TBEJ says, stop thinking you have to bring back with a Jets player. I don't think I have to, it just works. Like if they're $3,500 and I'm rostering a bunch of expensive guys against them. I like to bring it back with a Jets player. And like, if you get 10 or 11 from Mims at, what was he, 3,300 or 15 from Perriman, I have, I don't know, Ben, I'm, I'm, I don't always bring it back if I don't think I have to. And some teams I don't like to, but the Jets, I actually like doing it because they're so damn cheap and they're going to have to throw no matter how inefficient and, and horrible they are offensively. Yeah, I mean, bring it back. I don't know if that means, you know, in terms of Raider stacks, but in oh, I'm general, not talking about this week. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying in the past. Yeah, from- I think just everyone is scarred from the Chiefs game, where if you stack the Chiefs, everyone brought it back with Berrios or who, the other guy. I, I don't even know who it was at this point, and it didn't work per se. It uh, did, though. Berrios had like 14 fantasy points, it, I thought, at minimum salary. The other, whoever, it was either Perryman or one of the other guys. Was I think really it was pumped. Mims. I think it might have been I thought Mims it was Mims, yeah. And he had like eight, but. Berrios had 11, I'm sorry. But still, he was three, he was $3,500. Right? Yeah, li- listen, uh, if, if there's no reason you have to be forced to, but if we don't get more value, you're going to have to look to these Jets receivers because they're some of the only viable plays down here, and, and we need the salary. Quite frankly, I, I prefer not to run it back with anything because I hate stacking Derek Carr teams, Sal. Well, I just never know where it's going to go. Yeah, once I saw last week that Derek Carr was pushing, like, potentially highest-owned quarterback, I just took him out of my exposures. I wanted nothing to do with that. He's, like, an okay option when he looks like he's going to be, like, the sneaky play if you think he can somehow muster together a 300-yard game, which seems to be rare, but not when he's going to be, like, all that chalky. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, but when someone's, like, almost minimum salary and they're the number two receiver on the team or when Crowder was out, number one receiver on the team, locked into, like, seven to nine targets – I have no problem getting there. I don't care if they're on a bad team. Anyway, Sal, let's close it out with wide receiver or uh, with tight end. And then our favorite defense under 2,800. This one's going to be fun. I don't think we'll have to spend a whole lot of time at tight end here, but I'll kick it off to you. Feel free to hit from any range. I'm not going to go all three tiers because there's just not a lot to talk about. 
Yeah, I think that just hitting from any range, then Mike Gusecki at $4,200. We keep saying if it's going to be Fitzpatrick. If it is, I mean, that's the only way I have interest in Gusecki at this point. Got the touchdown last week. Didn't have all that much volume, but we've seen it this year and last year also with Fitzpatrick. That's really how Mike Gusecki came alive as a name that people know. Fitzpatrick was feeding him the last month of the season in 2019. So he's somebody that stands out. And then back-to-back in the pricing, you don't really have much any punting options this week. DraftKings the last month has kind of gotten good with that, but you still have very cheap options. You have Hooper at 3,800, got a good weather game. He was relied on outside of Langes, like the second option for Baker. And then Robert Tonyan, like if we're going to have a chalky stack, I don't think it's going to be all that chalky. Like you might get like an eight to 10% Rogers because you have Russell Wilson and Kyler on this slate. But either way, even if it's going to pick up some ownership in like mid stakes, higher stakes, uh, getting a tight end into your stacks, one that has upside like Tonyan seen these last couple of weeks, that's something that I have interest in. We saw Tonyan catch all five of his targets uh, he had 67 yards and a touchdown in that game. And that's coming off of a game where he had a very similar performance. So Tony on at 3,700, I think offers a lot of upside. Ben, will you wear goggles to one of our shows? Goggles? Yes. Kyle Hex says, oh, why does Ben, and by the way, thank you for the super chat. Yeah, Kyle. appreciate Pre- that. What's that? Yeah. He said, why does Ben Russell look like the kicker Rodrigo Blankenship on the call? <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go for a goggle look. Um, Just one show. I think it'd be great. After I bink a, a Millie, a showdown with that guy, and then I'll do it. That's the plan. Um, but we appreciate the super chat, as always. Sal, chat's making fun of your Robert Tunyon pronunciation. Oh, is it Tunyon? Oh, come on. These guys in the chat just found out the real way to say it like three days ago. You're a Packers fan, dude. Oh, yeah, Robert Tunyon. All right, so Bobby Tunyon then. Is that, is that, is that the <laughs> proper way to say it? <laughs> oh, dude, I got eviscerated for my uh, carry on Johnson. Cause I was calling him curry and Johnson, like basically just leaving out a, a syllable entirely. I crushed for that. Cause I was making fun of Matt Kajewski for calling Deontay. He calls him Deontay Johnson. So I guess we all have one guy that we, we can't. Well, what was ready. the name that last year? For the one that you got wrong last year was Austin Eckler. 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 I don't know why. I think I heard somebody on an announcer say it one time, and I just said it every single time for like two years. <laughs> and I got slandered. We can't Amazing get everything right happens. around here. Uh, ben, yeah. what are we going to tight end? We'll wrap this up. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm living in that same range as you guys. Guys like Kasicki, uh, I think Hooper, if you wanted to go to Baker. Ingram, if Daniel Jones is back, he's coming off a nice game. But mostly it's just going to be maybe third man in on stacks where I don't see another good receiver. Uh, or value that opens up last week. I, I pretty much exclusively punted with Kyle Rudolph at 2,800. Um, if someone is available down there because of injury or whatnot, I'll look to do that. I think more and more this year we're seeing you get eight to 10 from, from a guy, it opens, it unlocks permutations, and you can seriously survive the raw points. All right. We got uh, less than a minute here. Under 2,800, Ben, your defense for week 13. Uh, Oh, uh, easy. I'll go to the Jets again. Everyone, and listen, the Saints were fine. No, no, they looked good. Clearly, they got their turnovers. I played the Jets last week. They got nine, and I was absolutely thrilled. Yep, so did I. Minimum salary, and I played the Jags. And while it wasn't great, I don't care. I'll just play cheap defenses, and I'll be okay with it. I like the Jets, too. What about you, Sal? Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll end up going to the Lions as much as we we seem to like Trubisky a decent amount this week. I'll still just bank on the fact that he's Mitch Trubisky and go with the $2,500 Lions. I think that is a pretty fair take to have. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. We love you all. Subscribe. Hit that thumbs up before you go. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
It's the Stacks and Ownership Edition. Ben, you got any golf coming up today? Absolutely. Last PGA event of 2020, 2.30. Me and Fantasy Golf Man, we will be there. The Top Golfers Tool is free this week. It's a great, great way to round out the golf season uh, for 2020. Follow Sal at Salvetri DFS. Ben at Jazzraz DFS. Myself, Lafayette underscore D. It's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And Awesome.com at Awesome underscore com. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the NFL Strategy Show. calls do you guys get a day it's outrageous is it outrageous okay it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.